Real Kipper and Born. Back on this December 28th, 2021. A week hiatus. Our thanks to Gord Stellick last week filling in with who's the other guy, Justin? Trent Gunning. Did they like your opens, by the way? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Gord didn't send you a message or anything. Stellectricity and Gunner running wild on the real Kipper and Born time slot. Yeah. I think they did a fantastic job. Or I so mean, I'm man, told. we 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 handed them uh, handed off a tough football to run. <laughs> there was no hockey games. Just a like, year, boys pounded up the middle. We couldn't have picked a better week to take <laughs> off than last week. I'm sure they week. don't agree. I I don't know what they were talking about, but they what could it have been without the games? Uh, I imagine that would be Gord's trip to the distillery district, uh, maybe a little Leaside Park time, a couple of recipes for the holidays. I don't know. Well, our boy Sammy's not here. We got Josh Santos, technical director, and show, show me the money. Ali is in for Sammy. And show, we got two hours to beat it up. Are you with us, buddy? I'm going to try and keep do my best to keep up with you boys. <laughs> low bar, low bar around here. You're good. Yeah, very, very <laughs> low bar. So, Justin, before we get into all of it and what the heck has gone on since yeah. we've been away and where we're headed, the latest on all of it, uh, and we'll break it down for the next few hours. John Shannon, NHL analyst, uh, does a terrific job uh, continuing uh, – covering the National Hockey League. He's going to join us uh, later on in the hour. Pete Labardius, Flames color guy for Sportsnet 960, will uh, look closer into the World Juniors and what's going on there. The latest, of course, is not a post, not just a postponement, but a, a, a loss, a forfeit mm-hmm. for Team USA against the Swiss tonight because COVID has set in on Team USA. So we'll get into that. Uh, But, Justin, first of all, uh, we joked around off the top of the show, a nice break, but truly was it a good one for you and your family? Yeah, you know, my son is uh, is five, so this is like the first. These are the Christmases that I think they start to remember. So he had a special one, although I think I may be cursing him. So he was the first guy to get his uh, jersey at hockey this year, so he's wearing number one, and I got him goalie equipment for, for Christmas. So, uh, you know, I might be pushing him down a wrong are you, path here. Are you nuts? <laughs> well, listen, someone's got to no. play when you play road hockey. Take the goaltending equipment and bury it in the backyard. Okay, oh, you no. don't want to do that to them. <laughs> Every it's... game, there's a set of eight parents looking at you going, we can't win with your kid. <laughs> well, like, I don't want him to be the goalie, but someone's got to play goal when you go outside. You can't have road hockey with no goalie, so we needed the gear. I don't know. Show what were you growing up? Were you... Uh, were you uh, Mario or were you Grant Fear? You know, it's funny. I actually was the goalie, funnily enough, growing <laughs> up. And I got, I think, uh, Justin, I got a, a fair share of those looks as a little kid. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm putting them in a bad spot here. I don't know, but your your kids are older, Kipper. How was it being around yours? Hey, give me the ages again, because they're like yeah, old. mine are oldest. They're early twenties. My daughter's uh, in her last year at, at high school. They all played minor hockey growing up, and uh, I every time they looked at uh, my kids as a goalie, I'm like, uh, I'm I'm. I'll put them in the car and I'll go right home right now. You just get that, you get that thought out of your head right now that my kid's going in and that no, no yelling, no, no yelling. But you know, every once in a while on off days, I, I, I put on, uh, you know, goaltending equipment. I put on, you know, Sean Burke and and Hartford was a, a little tall for me, but, uh, I'd strap on whoever's equipment that uh, I could put on. Against your teammates, like NHL players? Yes. Yeah. And yeah, could you hang? Can you do no, it? No, uh, <laughs> barely. Yeah. But we always dreamt of being uh, a goalie in road hockey oh, and, yeah. you and all of that. You two pad stack and the big windmill save. You just want to make one or two. That's It, it would have to have been the ultimate optional, you know, skate. Yeah. No one's going out and then Kipper says he's putting on the gear and suddenly six guys want to go shoot. I'll tell you what, though. It's friggin' hard. It is. It's brutal. It well, is. also the gear you put on so Kipper hard. was a little heavier than the stuff they're wearing now. I wear now, I imagine. A little bit. A little bit. Okay, JB, off the top. Uh, you know the latest uh, breaking news, of course, is uh, around the World Juniors and Team USA forfeiting their game against the Swiss due to a mandated team quarantine following a positive test result of two of its players. How surprised can we really be, JB? You know, we can't be surprised, but I will say my immediate thought is, how are you, you going to put on a, the rest of this tournament? Like, the way that this thing is spreading right now, these guys are, you know, sharing facilities and sharing dressing rooms and around all the other teams. Like, what are the odds, Kipper, that this U.S. thing, they miss a game and everything's back to normal after this? I, I You just worry about what we've seen in the last 10 days, two weeks in the national hockey league, how, how two becomes six yeah. and six becomes 10 and how, how can they avoid this? And it's not, it's not a bubble JB. It's not, that's it's the not thing a, that worries me. What's the phrase like a semi bubble or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know exactly what the uh, the situation is there, but it sounds like they're in a hotel with the general public. You know, you're which obviously makes them more susceptible to getting it. And if you have two guys in a hockey team that have anything, you've been well, in those locker rooms. All of a sudden, everyone has whatever you have. It's it's funny you say that because I had um, I had somebody call me the other day, and they say the difference between Edmonton and Re- uh, Red Deer. And my understanding is Team USA is in Red Deer. Yeah. And Team Canada is in Edmonton. Uh, Team Canada would have a separate entrance to get into the hotel that no one else is using. And Team USA in, in Red Deer, people were coming and going all day long in the in the hallways. You don't know who's coming in. It, it was it's, it's been a bit of a, a, a crazy uh, situation in terms of not having it as safe or or sealed as possible for team USA. So don't be surprised to hear, you know, where, where many people may accuse uh, the situation that the housing situation or the, the accommodations less than stellar 
when it came to protecting Team USA. That's that's the early reports I'm getting. Well, it's pretty intense, too, to say, you know, you guys got uh, COVID, so you're not just, like, we forfeit the game. Like, you take an L there, where if you feel like you put your, you've been put in a situation that's less advantageous that's tough and then now you know how do you look at the competitive integrity of a tournament where the u.s is going to be missing more than two guys it's never just two so now they're they can't really go and how about the other teams and you know we're trying to figure out who's the best under 20 players in the world it doesn't seem like we're going to get that answer by the end of this we got pete labardius coming on later on the show and we'll talk a little bit about uh the best on best uh in the under 20 division when it comes to uh Best players in the world. Owen Powers putting on quite the show early. What it's start. not even close. It's not even close how, how good this guy is maybe compared to everybody else in terms of poise and, and who's looks real ready to step into the National Hockey League. So we'll get into that and so much more. Uh, locally, JB, you look at uh, how quickly it went from nothing in terms of any – COVID adversity for the Toronto Maple Leafs to being one of the worst teams in the National Hockey League with up to, what, uh, a dozen players, maybe 15, 16 when you consider the staff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it was incredible how quickly it went through the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, of course, Leafs-Penguins postponed tomorrow night. So that means they hope Saturday January 1st, New Year's Day versus the Senators. The wildest part is you mentioned how many people on the Leafs, they, uh, you know, they're talking about taxi squads and trying to get the game, and they can't because you know how many Marlies were in the protocol? 24. 24 Marlies are in COVID pro- protocol, so they can't even call up players. So they're, they're, they can't field a hockey team between their two teams right now. So there's a Sheldon Keefe quote from today was their first like kind of bag skate. And he says that, you know, the sentiment from players returning from protocol was that the first day feels even worse than the first day of camp. Because at least when you're going into training camp and you've been on the ice every day and you're ramping up towards that. So these guys are just like out of gas and half the guys aren't even on the ice. So uh, I, I lost count. They've been off for 17 days, 18 days. Yeah. Like... <laughs> that that's like half a yeah, summer. So do, well, and that's what you do after the season before you get back to your workouts and you feel like a bag of crap when you finally get back in the gym and working out because you haven't been doing anything for almost three weeks. I mean, I, I honestly, Kipper, I expect almost like the start of the hockey season where defense is worse. You know, there's more glaring errors because some guys are out of gas or they're, they can't think because their legs aren't working. Like I expect some sloppy hockey, assuming we get hockey. At some point here, I, I just you're right, and you're you're around the holiday season, so that means the food just little Buddhas and croissants all day, Portuguese tarts, Portuguese <laughs> tarts. Our our thanks to Derek, our our other technical producer, uh, for those just prior, but you know even the holiday celebration, and this was. Uh, JB, a team that was going pretty good here. And yeah. I, I look at certain players like a, like a Morgan Riley, and I wonder just this break for a guy like that was hitting perhaps a, a pinnacle point in it, not just this season, but in his career. 
yeah. where he was just bringing it to another level. Like, what would a a break at the point where you're you're playing maybe your best hockey as a Leaf going to do for you once you come back? Well, there's so many times in your career where it's tough to get momentum going. You got a nagging injury, your foot hurts, or you got a cold, or you're not getting the ice time. And when you're going, you just want to go. You know, you want to hit that hot streak. Uh, Austin Matthews, before they went into the break here, Kipper had 13 goals in his last 10 games, scoring in nine of those 10 games. All of a sudden, the kibosh gets thrown on that. You remember, he had a real slow start to the season. You know, if Matthews comes out with a slow start again, the, the Leafs started the season 2-4-1. and one. You know, I, you really hope that they're able to kind of continue clicking at the 700 winning percentage they were at and not, not look like the team that came out of the gates this season. Yeah, uh, like, I look at now even a guy like uh, uh, Mitch Marner, who now you tell me, is there a technicality in, involved with Mitch Marner uh, being on long-term IR? Yeah. So the the LTIR rules are that you got to be out for uh, 24 days and 10 games, which in the NHL is obviously easy to do over 24 days. Uh, he's only missed six games. So the Leafs aren't, it doesn't sound like there's 100% clarity on if he's eligible to come back, but he, because he missed six postponed games, he would have been eligible. The argument from the Leafs side is just, hey, the guy would have missed this many games, not our fault they're postponed. The league, you know, we, they need all the good, talented bodies they can get in the in the lineup possible. So hopefully he's able to come back as soon as they get going. I'm sure he is. I, I think uh, the, taxi, the taxi squad obviously is going to help, I think, alleviate some of the canceled games. Mm-hmm. You just hope that at some point they can. They can stay healthy. You just hope they. You just didn't invite guys in to to catch COVID. But if if the taxi squad can come in and alleviate a little bit, um, there there's a chance that you could save some games. But there's no guarantees on 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 any of this really controlling any of your environment. I think you were saying before the break, like, is more bodies and more people around really a good thing for the safety of everyone here? But you know, one thing that strikes me is, you know, with our massive number of cases around here in Toronto, I was thinking like, God, there's only so many bodies. That's got to be the case with the NHL, right? Like, how many of these guys now have had Omicron? I understand it's supposed to be, you know, more likely to to get it again. But boy, we're pretty much through everyone. Between vaccines, the percentage of the vaccinated and the percentage of guys who have gotten this thing, like surely the season at some point is going to restabilize with the amount of antibodies these guys should have. Uh, I just got a note from Joey Kenward, of course, from Sportsnet 650. And uh, he says the the vast majority of teams have only played a third of their schedule. And a total number of players who have been on the ice is massive. 90 goalies, 294 defensemen, and 566 forwards. That is an average of 30 players per team and we've got two thirds to go and this is what that has got COVID or been no no that have just played just the number of okay I see I see yeah the number of bodies that teams have gone through yeah so far and we still consider two thirds of the season to go Kipper this this is is the year I could have played NHL games if I was still playing that's right (laughs) so you know when you when you consider that uh We've always said over the course of what, 31 teams, 32 teams, that it's a 
player league, right? Mm-hmm. And now we're going to be well over a thousand, you wow. know, eleven hundred players. Like, you know, I was take a look at Montreal right now. Montreal uh, is scheduled to play Tampa Bay tonight, and you know, for those Florida teams, this this Christmas window with Canadian teams always going down south has been the biggest draw for mm-hmm. the Florida teams. This is this is like these are the number one games of the season. Yeah. And you know, taxi squad now you're going to hear names that you haven't heard before playing tonight. And uh you know, how do you feel about that? If if you paid top dollar to think that you're going to see the top talent, you might be disappointed, but would you rather not play? Would you rather get your money back? Like where are you on that? Well, what kills me is, like, the idea of rooting for a hockey team is you're saying the guys that we got are better than the guys that you got, right? Like, we're going to play a bunch of games, and we're going to figure out who's got the best teams here. Competitive integrity, again, is the word that it comes back to. Like, we're not really figuring out who has the better team. Maybe you can figure out who's organization is deeper maybe you're figuring out who's luckier because you haven't got as many you know omicron cases it's just i for one as a hockey fan i just want to see hockey be exposed to some new guys you know learn a little bit more and all that but i don't know that it's great right now for the league the league is just plowing ahead trying to get these things in aren't they by the way does that bring us to marchand yeah i think so because brad marchand we can always count on him to keep us uh (laughs) Uh, a little intrigued on, uh, you know, <laughs> new news, yeah. if that's what you want to consider this. But very vocal on, on players not heading to the Olympics and his, his disappointment. And at his age, JB, I think it's safe to say that this was his only opportunity. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he was going to play here for the Olympic, Canadian Olympic team. Um and should I read what he yeah, tweeted today? Yeah, if you've got it or if show has it. Uh, I yeah, do have it here, yeah. Let her rip. So Marshawn tweeted, the NHL and the NHLPA can change the rules of the CBA to add a taxi squad so that they don't miss any games and don't lose any money, which has already been agreed upon that the players will pay back in escrow until the owners are made whole from what they have lost during the pandemic, regardless how many games are missed. Yet they can't do a taxi squad during the Olympics so they can honor the agreement they made so the player NHL players can go. Please tell me that's not BS. And for all of you who want to, to pipe back about forfeit-fitting pay while being gone, yeah, not a problem. Just let the players make their choice. So Marshawn is basically saying the NHL wants to save their games because it costs them money with a taxi squad, but they don't want to do taxi squads during the Olympic break to let the players go to the Olympics still. What are your thoughts on that? He's saying the league should keep playing hockey during the Olympic break just without no, them. No, no, no. I, I don't get that. I, I, I didn't get that. No? In, in what he said. I get the I, impression that, no? Okay, go ahead. I, I just... What what I get out of those words is that that you can make things possible, yeah. But you just chose not to make our Olympics possible. That's all I got out of that. I I didn't get the fact that that he expects the taxi squads to continue the NHL games while we're over there with the Olympics. Hmm. He, I think he's just using it as an example to say, you know, anything's possible to keep things going, but you didn't have the same attitude when we needed it in for the Olympics. So I, I think what he's stressing is if, if you felt like we were in danger, have a taxi squad for the, uh, the Olympics mm-hmm. while we shut down for three, 
for three weeks. That's that's how I interpret it. Yeah, you know, it is it is interesting that he's so outspoken about wanting to go because if it is that they want he wants his team to keep playing over the Olympic break or let's say the NHL has to fill in a few games while they're gone, if that might be the implication, some makeup games in that time, maybe he's saying they could, you know, play, you know, have taxi squads to fill in a few guys then. It's just the desperation that he really wants to go is is speaks to how how much these guys want to be a part of the Olympics. It's wild. And really sad that this is not going to get to happen. I think he makes a very valid point with how you didn't you, you didn't really want us to go to begin with. I, that's again how I, I I read it. That but I don't think the NHL pretended they were any anything different than that. No, 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 no. A hundred percent true. And as and we know that because Gary Bettman has been very vocal that he'll. He'll honor what he told the players. That's if you get, if we get a CBA agreement, then we'll we'll shut down for three weeks. But never ever did uh, did they try to find different solutions to still send them there. They had one opening. Gary Bettman and the and the NHL owners had one opening to shut down the Olympics. And they took it. And that was, you squeeze out our regular season, and I have got the authority to say no. And that was it. Yeah. It was that simple. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, the more you were talking about this, I realized that, like, the second the NHL decided to cancel games in a significant way, it gave them the eligibility to say the players can't go to the Olympics. So maybe to Brad's point, they could have had taxi squads in earlier to ensure that there weren't postponements to ensure that they, you know, so they wouldn't be able to say that the the guys can't go like canceling games gave the NHL the right to to tell the guys they can't go. And they made the decision to cancel games. So it does feel like they took the opportunity to shut down the players when there, there was a solution there. Uh, absolutely. That's that's the way I see that. That, uh, that makes that, a lot more sense to me. That you never really wanted us to go to begin with, and then you took the only opportunity that you had, and you made it abundantly clear. I really think, you know, this is just me looking from you know six thousand or sixty thousand feet above, but I I think this now solves a lot of problems for the National Hockey League. That mm-hmm. you know we are talking about the NHL now needing to fit into their schedule, I probably think 70 games. Yeah. Depending on what happens tonight or or in the next 48 hours, they got to fit 70 games in. But you got three weeks in February. And although yeah. they're working on it, and, you know, two things that we're going to probably hear in the next 24, 48 hours is – uh, what's the new protocol now? Because the CDC has now come out, mm-hmm. and they've they've shrunk from ten from ten days to five days. So the NHL, the NHLPA, and the NHL now uh, are going to probably announce a new protocol very soon about well, what is NBA it now. The NBA did, yeah. So the NBA th- did the next coming. day. They went to six days. So that's coming. Uh, they're just going to have to figure out what that is. And uh, right now, I think the old one is still 10 days um, and then uh, two, two tests within 24 hours 
that say that uh, you don't have COVID and wow. and then you're good to go. So will the NHL go down to five? You know, <laughs> we'll have well, to wait and see. You know what, Kipper? I think they will. You know, I you have uh, people in the know in this stuff, but I, I just feel like the desperation to get this season completed, to get games in, comes down to bodies and availability, and if they can make guys more available, and particularly with the NFL and the NBA doing what they did, they can point at the other sports leagues and say, listen, we're not the bad guys. People are trying to get back to work and life, and if we, if it, you know, the CDC says we're okay, we're okay to carry on. Then what are we? What are we doing? What are we doing with an extra four or five days? Uh, you know, sitting in isolation. So I, I bet, you know, to your point yeah. that it's coming. I bet they do go down to a number like five or six. Yeah, and of course the other thing is uh, the schedule maker at the National Hockey League. He's got his work cut out for him big time, mm-hmm. but there is a window there. Uh, I'm told that uh, it might not be as bad as we first thought in terms of availabilities, and they're looking at everything here. And even though a building might be busy by 7.38 o'clock, perhaps there might even be windows, JB, where you you sneak in an afternoon game. Uh, Whatever it takes to get those games in, uh, they're looking looking, uh, towards that... uh, scenario right now so kipper give us a couple of noon leafs puck drops for a three o'clock show the post game show (laughs) sounds good to me it does it does okay let's take a quick break when we come back i want to get into Connor mcdavid's comments about his disappointment just not brad marchand here uh Connor mcdavid very vocal about uh what he wants to look forward to if there's no Olympics, we got John Shannon coming on on board as well. So maybe we'll we'll play those comments with John and come out of them after the break. You're listening to Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, as advertised, our next guest is the true star of the Bob McCowan podcast, and it's not Bob McCowan, it's John Shannon. I've asked Doug McLean this constantly, and I say, are you sure it's not Bob McCowan? He says, no, it's John Shannon. It's true, isn't it, Shani? Well, I'm not sure I like your source in McLean, but you're pretty close, and you read it just the way I wrote it to you, so it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Have you sobered enough off this break? Because it is enough to make you drink. What's going on? Well, it, that and the chocolate almonds. I'll tell you what, I've had more chocolate almonds in the last five days. That's the scary part. Uh, let's Let's start this off. John, by by saying, listen, if there, if there's someone that knows the ins and outs of the NHL head office, it's you. You've spent a lot of time there. Um, what is going on behind the scenes? Is there a, is there is there a controlled chaos? Is there a little bit of panic? They've got 70 games to reschedule. What are you hearing in terms of how easy or how hard this could be? Well, and and let's let's suggest this: it's seventy games at a minimum. 
to schedule, to reschedule. Um, and I, I still don't think we know, even though the NHL is still saying it's going to happen where we are with the all-star break as well. That's supposed to precede the, the, the old Olympic break. Um, so from that perspective, you know, each team has given their dates. Uh, the thir- so 32 teams have given potential dates for home games. Uh, each of them is planning to have a five-day break, just as uh, we're supposed to have if there is no Olympic break. Uh, and now the, uh, the Rubik's Cube of trying to put it together and making sure the road trips aren't too burdensome is, uh, is what the schedule maker is trying to do to try to figure it out. The other thing, Nick, is I, I, I don't think it's realistic to jam all 70 games, if that's what it is, into that Olympic window. Uh, I, I suspect there'll be a couple of other times before the end of the regular season, and perhaps, like we saw last year, a little bit of a, a lengthened regular season in order to get it done. So, John, how do these taxi squads work that uh, is supposed to help us get through this whole thing? Uh, I understand, you know, I read something about the Leafs didn't have enough guys that they could put under the salary cap, even if they plugged them in. I was trying to make sense of the contracts. Do you understand how the the taxi squads are going to be working? Uh, if they have enough healthy guys, uh, yeah, you know the 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 six the six players that are under a million dollars in salary, which for for a few teams might be a bit of a challenge, um, and uh, and other than that, uh, Justin, I I'm not sure I know any more than you do, uh, you know, but there are, there are situations and scenarios around the NHL where the American League teams have been hit harder with COVID than the National League teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, look at uh, look at what Columbus is going through. Columbus right now has 17 players on their Cleveland AHL team in the protocol. 17. Uh, they, they, there was no way that they, they were supposed to play in Chicago tonight. There was no way under any circumstance with the fact that they have six or seven guys uh, in the protocol on the big squad that they could actually field uh, a full roster in Chicago to play that game, and that's why it's happened. But, the, you know, if the taxi squad works similar to what uh, the taxi squad worked in the 56-game schedule based on uh, availability and, and easy for access to a third goaltender, uh, then I understand it. But uh, if the, the limitation of the million-dollar player uh, is something that I think is, is uh, going to throw a curveball at a few teams. It will save... Uh, a few games from being canceled. There's no question about that. Uh, this is about uh, availability to, to save yes. games. And the one thing that I do understand about it is it is more uh, restrictive. If you can recall uh, in that 56 game uh, season, there was a lot of shenanigans going on with general managers circumventing the cap. They were, they were shifting guys up and down to save a few dollars here and there. Yeah. And my understanding that uh, that's going to be a lot more difficult. Uh, but, John, you know these general managers, man. Give them, give them an inch and they'll take a mile. Hey, listen, if you're, it, it's like uh, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, right? <laughs> uh, and, 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 you know, I, I do think that, uh, you know, if the league had its way, if the NHL office had its way, there would still be no taxi squads. But this is, this is full pushback from the clubs in order to say, listen, if we want these games to be played, if you want these games to be played at the league office, then we need better resources. And so this was kind of the compromise. Okay, we'll give you the taxi squad, 
but you know, only, you're only going to be allowed to use guys under certain scenarios when it comes to the amount of money they make. Yeah, that uh, I guess that makes a lot of sense. What do you think the odds are they play 82 games per team? Like, is there a world where the, the league says, you know what, we're going to just do 70 so we don't, we're not trying to jam all these games in? I think they want all 82, Justin. Yeah, do you? I do, and I, you know, there even, you know, there is no, there's no rule that says the regular season has to end at a certain date. Mm-hmm. These are rules that are maybe on a piece of paper, uh, you know, within the NHL office and with the clubs and in the media on that critical dates list. Uh, but they can extend anything, you know. Uh, they they're not tied. Uh, to saying, okay, the regular season has to end on April the 30th. Well, so what? If it ends May the 6th, who cares? What does it matter? Um, I do think that there are enough obligations contractually, uh, particularly with the two new TV networks in the United States, uh, and then with Rogers in Canada, that, that they have obligations that they need to keep because they're, the, they're not in the business of giving money back or or extending deals like they had to do uh, two years ago in the bubble or or, uh, or in the 56 game schedule, they they want to make sure that all of the national deals and not just television, uh, you know you know the amount of access that big companies like Scotiabank are supposed to get um, that are our major corporate partners, you know there are people in those offices that measure every every exposure. Uh, and they and the league has to have to maintain that and make sure that they understand that. And uh, the people at Scotiabank have been very flexible, I'm sure. But uh, they're they're going to want every pound of uh, or every dollar worth of, uh, of exposure they can get with the NHL. So, John, the majority of the teams in the National Hockey League are obviously south of the border. Yet there's a real sense here that the NHL is gearing up towards. Uh, doing whatever they can to save gates here in Canada. As we know, uh, the top generating teams in the league outside of, you know, New York, obviously, and and maybe Chicago and Boston are are from Canada here. So if I'm not mistaken, Winnipeg and Montreal will have no fans uh, until at least uh, January 11th here. So the sense is they're going to have to, they're going to have to protect as much revenue as they can out of Canada. We've got rinks at half empty in Ontario, no food and beverage. So where is the majority? I'm asking you as a, as a TV executive once upon a time, like how important is it? Is it really about saving the television money here? Is that the bottom line here, especially in Canada? I think it's part of it, Nick. Uh, I, I think that when you, but this is still in many ways a, a, a gate-driven league or, or a partially gate-driven league. Uh, so the sooner we can get through this wave uh, and get back to a level of having um, people in seats again, whether it be at 50% or 75 or 100%. Um, and, I, I, and quite frankly, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but uh, in, in everything you read, uh, this wave um, may not last as long as Delta did. So you, you have to, I, I think they have to be hopeful, which is one of the reasons I think why the Olympic break makes a ton of sense is because I think there's a lot of people that are hoping that the Omicron wave is dissipating by February 1st. 
so that they can put games in, in that window and hopefully have more people in the buildings. Um, so, for, but from that perspective, you, you know, you're going to have to take a hit. Remember, it was before Christmas uh, that that uh, Gary and Bill talked about at the Board of Governors meeting that they were going to be close to five billion dollars in revenue. Uh, but that was with the assumption that there were no shutdowns, no cancellations, no postponements, uh, and that uh, their corporate partners would be made whole. Well, uh, I, you know, you have to wonder where that is now. And quite frankly, in the end, I think, and Nick, you'll understand this better than most, is that if that's the case, the people that are going to pay for it in the end are the players uh, because uh, they're going to have to pay that back over the next period of time in the collective bargaining agreement. That, 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 if I'm a player, that, that scares the hell out of me. Yeah. Well, you're getting your paycheck now, though. See, you're getting your pay- See, that, that's, that's the reality. That's the reality of the 56-game schedule. You got paid your regular paycheck, yeah, uh, and you got, but but you're you're you basically got you got it on loan from the uh, from the uh, owners, and the owners have to be made whole by the time the collective bargaining agreement ends. So really, I mean, then you go back to the younger players, oh, like yeah. a like a, a Zegris or drysdale and and you're the one that's going to pick up the freight on on your next few contracts not necessarily the guys then today it's even crazier than that shane wright and connor bedard yes are 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 actually going to pay for players playing today that that's just the truth that's the reality of it all well that is uh you know it's obviously i don't want to say it's like dark times for the nhl but it's a tough time you know you're trying to get dig out of a hole and get back moving in the right direction so i'll I'll spin it back to the ice and the actual hockey team we're about here the toronto maple leafs john and uh just get your thoughts on where where the toronto maple leafs are at and how you think this break is going to affect them uh obviously picked it up after a slow start but now off for 18 days william nylander looks like he's going to be out for a bit i think mitch marner's going to come back not sure there but what are your thoughts on what the break will do to, to the Leafs momentum well I mean I don't think anybody really knows Justin I, I think that mm-hmm. I think it's and I think it's different for every every team uh, you know I mean look how long the flames have been off uh, and and I think that uh, there are teams that are going to be in much better shape I was reading this morning that you know the Penguins who have had cancellations prior to Christmas and are, are still in that mode uh, their regular 45-minute practice was 80 minutes today. So it, it, coaches are trying to find ways to get players back into game shape, uh, back into a, a mode of, of where they were prior to all of the, uh, the outbreaks and, the, and the, uh, the, what is it, I guess it's the fourth or fifth wave. Anyway, the wave, uh, and, and then go from there. But, you know, if the, the, listen, the Maple, Leafs are, the Maple Leafs are in good shape as long as Jack Campbell's in good shape, as long as John Tavares and Austin Matthews are in good shape. Uh, and the one thing that I think that we've all talked about in, and has been surprising is their, their depth has really come through in the, as the success of this hockey team started to grow uh, in November and early December. John, before we let you go, uh, we were speaking a little bit uh, prior to, to having you on about Brad Marchand and his comments and how he's really still apparently ticked off. Uh, first of all, did you hear his comments? And yep. if you did, what did you think of them? Um, well, I mean, I mean, I understand his angst. I understand his anger. 
at his age, I'm sure that this might be the last opportunity for him to have participated in the Olympics. So that's frustrating. Uh, but you know, as I understand it, this is not this is not the the NHL in New York saying you guys can't go. Uh, this was this was a decision made by both groups, uh, and in fact, I, what I would say to you, um, Nick, is that uh, I, I think that the Players Association welcomed welcomed the league making the decision on their behalf. Um, you know, oh, there's there's no question Gary, Donald Fear didn't want to go. Gary's not afraid of being the bad guy ever. He's not afraid of making that decisive decision and saying, "Here's what we think is best for hockey." Um, when you're and, and and the interesting thing is that Gary only has to serve 32 masters. Well, Don Fear has to serve over 800, um, and uh, and 200 of those masters were supposed to go to the Olympics. And I'm sure that those are the guys that are disappointed, and 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 those are the guys, and half of those guys don't understand the issue as much as they should. Um, I think in the end that this was the only logical decision you could make with what was going on because we still don't know what's going on with the with the pandemic completely. We don't know what's going on with the Chinese government. We don't know what's going on with the Chinese Olympic Committee. And so by the time it filtered down to the Players Association, they were given very, very few options to make a decision, do you want to go or not? And it was pretty obvious that they had they had lost they had lost control, not by their own doing, but by the politics of the IOC and the Chinese, uh, the Chinese government and the Chinese Olympic Committee. And so they had no choice but to, not to go. And then Gary had no choice then to say, you know what, if, you're, if you don't want to go, then we'll say you can't go, and we're going to get on with our season. Uh, we're going to get to uh, Connor McDavid's comments about best on best. But, John, before I let you go, uh, clearly – if you're Gary Bentman in the league and, and maybe Donald fear to, to a certain extent, this is really about wanting to control your own situation, i.e. another world cup, really. Right. Well, but, but I don't think it would, you know, Nick, I don't think it was a, a one or the other scenario. I think, I, I think there was going to be a time uh, that we were going to have players going to the Olympics and players playing in a world cup. Um, you know, because as you know, and you were involved in the last World Cup, um, at, at least the players and the owners, you know, were able to split $40 million in profit out of the 2016 World Cup in Toronto. Whereas they go to, they go to Beijing or they go to any Olympics and they get squat. They get nothing. They think they get promotion, but how much can they promote if you can't use the footage? You think you get access, but you're not allowed to talk to your own players. You can't even have you, – you were going to have this time around better access for medical procedures, medical reasons for the players, uh, but it, it, it wasn't going to be perfect. Um, so in the end, in the end, it's it, – it, I don't think there was any – well, it's going to be one or the other. I think they were going to try to do both. But in the World Cup, to me, makes a ton of sense. Listen, the biggest sport in the world – the biggest sport in the world has made its own World Cup the watchable event every four years, and that's FIFA and soccer. There's nothing to say in the hockey world that that can't happen again. I mean, they, soccer doesn't send their best players to the Olympics. You know, they send the under-23 teams. So from yeah. that perspective, this is, you know, I, I, 
The, the, and, the other John, angst, and I, I know you got to go, but the, the other angst I have about saying, well, it's too bad that Connor can't go. It's too, ba- it's too bad that uh, that uh, you know that uh, Austin can't go. Imagine how Guy Lafleur felt. Imagine how Jean Beliveau felt or Bobby Orr felt. None of those guys got to go to Olympics. None of them got to participate. Heck, you know, I mean, half, half those Islander teams that uh, Justin used to cheer for should have gone to an Olympics. But. But they and would they didn't have. Didn't get they, a chance to go. They didn't get but, a chance to go. But they would have all wanted to go if they watched, you know, their heroes experience it. That's right. They just they just didn't have it. They just didn't have it. They just didn't. Have, and and that was the politics of that was the politics of sports. And here we are in twenty twenty one on the verge of twenty twenty two, and we're still talking about the politics of sports. So how's Bob McCowan as crusty as ever? <laughs> You know what? He's uh, he's moved to the suburbs. Uh, he's become a milder and gentler person, uh, and uh, it, but he's taken the week off. So we're you know we have some downtime, and I, he's recharging the battery. So it's all all okay, <laughs> Nikki. <laughs> I am not interested in a kinder and gentler Bob McCowan. I'm not. It's that's just, not as I'm, much fun. No, t- trust me, it's not as much fun. And I just hope people will give give us a listen and try to figure out. Hey, you know what? He's right. He's not kinder and gentler. <laughs> <laughs> biggest stories and the biggest names on the Bob McCowan podcast with John Shannon. Shannon, thanks for doing this. Good talking to you, boys. Happy New Year. Thanks, John. You too. John Shannon, familiar voice. Uh, I don't know about hockey, Justin ever becoming like a world cup of soccer just it's what about that you all, reacted immediately to that why yeah it just can't wait till we're on camera and people can see you react to things just it, you have to make a decision on whether or not you want to truly grow the game or you're just interested and cashing out as much revenue as you can. You cannot have both. It's short-term versus long-term plays. And to have a true World Cup of hockey, you you, you can't control the, the the PA and the NHL can't control it all. Mm-hmm. They got it's it takes great planning. I I don't want to see a World Cup where you make teams up. You know how much credibility they lost? That was gross. Everyone talks about, oh, Team Team America was so great to watch. Get out of here. Like, sure, anytime you throw together a bunch of young teams or kids in practice, it's fun to watch. We didn't learn anything about any countries when you stripped them of their best players. You know what? The the final in 2016 was that Team Europe versus Canada. Was it? I guess. Do you know, it was Ralph Kruger was the head coach. You know what his pregame speech was to Team Europe? Let's have it. Let's really F up their tournament by winning. (laughs) That was it. Yeah. That's it. Well, what else is your motivation? Let's prove to them that we're the best arbitrarily assembled group of humans from a random part of the world. Like, what? Like, and, you know, you don't invite Germany? It's like... Hold on. on. I don't even remember that. Germany didn't have a team. What are no, we doing? I don't I, think I'm if, getting if, angry if, talking about if, it. If I'm not mistaken, but my point is that you can't – a true World Cup means that uh, good or bad, you don't get controlling 
uh, who's invited. You don't. Yeah. You got. Yeah. You qualify. You qualify, and mm-hmm. you know perhaps, you know Italy beats Germany, I guess, you know, Mm. to qualify for a World Cup, then that's just the way it is. I'm sorry. Not many NHLers from Italy. So what? Tony D'Angelo, that's all I got. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Regardless. But, you know, that's that to me, uh, it takes great planning. It takes a, a lot of effort. It takes a department to build a World so, Cup. So can the IIHF do it? Like, is that our FIFA? Is that? No. The last one was so rushed. It just yeah. felt so rushed. And, well, what are we going to do? We don't have enough teams. Let's make up a team. And you, you want to compare that feeling of winning that World Cup compared to what we could have seen, you know, in a month? Mm-hmm. of a of an olympics it's you know I, people have people have been spoiled by the olympics now because right. that's the highest international level well what's going to happen though kipper like you know a lot of people talk about russians and how the russians are just like i'm gonna go i don't care what they say i'm gonna go like i i don't think that happens but like what level of player like if you're a fringe nhl canadian guy w- would you step out and just go you know, I, I don't and, know. And like, what, are you, what are you coming back to? You're going to tell your owner or your general manager says, don't go, and you're a fringe player, and you're going to go? Stay there. That's what I'd say, the fringe player. <laughs> Enjoy While China. you're there, Good news, you there. live there now. Yeah. Yeah. I hope well, I you mean, find a, a, a team to play for. Maybe it's your last year. In the, maybe Jason Spezza goes. And he says, I've, never, I've always wanted to play in the Olympics. I'm done after this year or next anyway. I'm going to captain Team Canada at the Olympics. How about that? No I bet kidding. I bet the Leafs would welcome him back with open arms, too. They'd say, go have fun, Spez. You're the guy. All right, listen, we're going to take a quick break, but after the break, we're going to stay with international hockey. COVID strikes at the World Juniors as USA forfeits their match versus Switzerland today. We got Canada taking on Austria tonight at 7 p.m. Pete Labardius, Flames color guy and junior guru, Sportsnet 960 will join us after the break. You're listening to Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590, The Fan.